Welcome to the Clear the Shelf podcast with Chris and Chris, the show that meets at the intersection of education and entertainment to discuss online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, wholesale, and all facets of selling on Amazon. We'll bring you news, tactics, strategies, insights, stories, and interviews to help you grow your Amazon business. And now, here are your hosts... Chris Grant and Chris Race. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Clear the Shelf podcast with myself and my always equanimist co-host, Chris Rasick. Uh, this week, we're going to be discussing Returnuary. Uh, if you aren't familiar with what that is, or maybe this is your first Q4, uh, it's the hangover from the party that is Q4. Uh, and, and we don't do this to, to scare anybody. Uh, but we do feel it's our, our duty to kind of be real with you guys and provide some actionable insights and tactics to be able to deal with even the things that you don't see discussed on uh, Instagram or, or Twitter much. And as you know, Amazon extends the return period for gifts and purchases for most of the items uh, sold on Amazon between October 11th and December 25th of every year. And these are going to be able to be returned all the way up until January 31st of 2023 and sellers usually see some higher than normal return rates uh, and this happens because people get the wrong size uh, you know someone doesn't realize that you know, maybe someone gained a, a few over the holidays and and picked them out a medium when they should have gotten a large maybe they get a wrong color i know that i am an autumn uh, and when someone gets me a color from the wrong palette uh, it's just it's bad news uh, they get two of the same item. This happens quite frequently. Uh, I actually, this happens to me like once a year. Uh, I'm, I'm rather difficult to shop for as it is. Uh, and so the very small amount of gifts that are out there as, uh, you know, okay to purchase, there'll be two people who, who get me one, uh, and, uh, I accept them. And then one of them ends up getting returned, uh, or people just think that uncle Chad's a jerk and they don't want his gift. And so they'd rather return it. Uh, so it's up to us sellers to kind of have a plan in place to try and get as much out of the returns as possible. Uh, and it's also up to us to have the ability to just come to terms with the fact uh, that some of this stuff's going to end up in a donation pile or even the wastebasket. Uh, and so today we're going to talk about some ways that we can re weather returnuary uh, with both your sanity and your P&L statement intact for the most part anyway. But before we get to that, we've got some news of the week and we're gonna change it up a little bit. Uh, and Chris has a topic for us this week. So what you got going on for us, man? News of the week. Uh, we, we've said it before on the podcast that there are lies, damned lies and statistics. Um, but I love news with lots of stats. I'm just kind of a stat head in general. Uh, and this one, I don't think will disappoint. Uh, we have, according to Capterra, 50% of Amazon sellers surveyed think that Amazon fees are unfair. Uh, this I, I remember this popping up on, on Seller Central on their, their mm -hmm. little poll. Um, and I, I think I'm part of the 50% if I remember my answer correctly. 50% uh, of FBA users say Amazon fees are unfair to small business owners, uh, including 54% of those who joined Amazon in just the last five years. 48% uh, of small retailers currently selling products through Amazon FBA say the platform's holiday peak fulfillment fee will make their business less profitable. Only 48%? Like, 
right? <laughs> like, how is that, you know, how is that not a no-brainer, right? Um, in response to the fee hike, 54% of FBA users uh, said they will raise prices. Uh, 99% of sellers surveyed say they plan to branch out to other marketplaces in 2023. Uh, popular choices being Walmart, Google, Google Shopping, Facebook Marketplace, uh, among others. Uh, half said they will start selling on Google Shopping, eBay, and Facebook Marketplace. Another 47% will sell on Walmart Marketplace. And currently, 49% of FBA users also sell products on social media. Hmm. Uh, in 2023, 54% plan to sell on Facebook Marketplace. And many more could join Instagram and maybe TikTok if it doesn't end up getting banned in the U.S. Uh, that live shopping, thats I know my wife is takes part she she uh she's on that train for sure interesting yeah i i would imagine that live shopping could could really gain some ground I, i'm surprised that it hasn't yet you mm -hmm. know i mean i don't know hsn and qvc are still on tv right so there's obviously a market for it uh and with the fact yeah. that everyone's got you know a tv and a computer in their hand I'm really surprised that we don't have like China level of, of live shopping here in the States yet. I, I don't like, what's it going to take? Right. And as, as good as the TikTok algorithm is, you know, how easy would it be to slide in something real quick? You know, I, I mean, yeah. And then something to watch Amazon, uh, they, they rolled out their TikTok, uh, whatever their their version is so it'll be interesting yeah. to watch what they do with that mm -hmm. so um and then uh this last bit of the news uh only 31 percent of sellers currently list their inventory on other platforms besides amazon um so this really could be a huge shift and a boon to other marketplaces like walmart uh looking to capture some market share so mm -hmm. uh you know we we hinted at this before you know maybe the rumblings are there that you know if if the seller count starts dropping uh, with Amazon, you know, it, it's, uh, maybe this is the beginning of a, a momentum shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it absolutely could be, you know, especially going into next year and the way that they're, I, I don't think that that 26 week, uh, thing is really going to be too big of a deal. Uh, like it sounds like, um, you know, but yeah, it, it's interesting. First of all, I'm surprised that only 47% of people say that they want to move to Walmart marketplace while 50% of people say they want to go to Google shopping, eBay, and Facebook. I, I, I don't think that, I don't think everyone's like actually looking at the numbers and how many, how many people are actually on each one of those marketplaces because Walmart is obviously number two in this country, even over eBay and, and all of that. Uh, I think anybody, anybody who says they want to, to move and, and start selling on Facebook marketplace hasn't sold anything on Facebook marketplace. Uh, oh yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, when Facebook marketplace, you know, was newer or newish, uh, I know that I sold there for a while and I, I'll be quite honest. I just wanted to test it. So I was drop shipping, but honestly dealing, dealing with customers that frequently, uh, because you've got to, you know, they want to know, is it still available and do you ship and, and all of that stuff? Uh, it's, it's very labor intensive. It's not, it's not fun. Um, 
you know, nobody likes to get an email from a customer on Amazon, you know, but imagine having to talk to every single customer like you own a retail store. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know that everybody could do it. So, uh, yeah. So I want to, I want to add a little bit of a contrarian, uh, take at least contrarian to probably most other Amazon sellers. Uh, I too think that you know Amazon has maybe raised the fees too high too fast, um, you know, and and I know that it sucks. Like nobody wants to have higher fees, but I would argue that they've given us a platform to kind of make as much or as little as we please, uh, and the margins that we get to see as Amazon sellers uh, are an order of magnitude higher than what the big boys get to play in. I, I did the research. Target is right around 3% is their margins. Uh, that was like 3.12. And Walmart runs 2.79% margins. And uh, and I know that none of us are doing the kind of the kind of numbers that they do. And, and that's still, a, they make a ton of money because they sell a ton of product. Uh, but we as retailers, uh, get to have higher margins. I, I think I want to say the I would imagine that the average Amazon seller, at least arbitrage, is probably somewhere between eight and maybe fifteen percent margin on the high side. Uh, you know, and after that's after all fees and stuff like that, and and all expenses and everything. Uh, you know, but we get to turn inventory faster than the big boys. We get to stay nimble. We don't have to worry about a brick and mortar shop. Uh, or anything like that, and, and this just it, that would not be possible. There would not be as many retailers as there are, because that's what we are essentially. Uh, if it was not for Amazon, um, so like it does suck on one hand, but on the other, it, it's kind of a small price to pay for such an opportunity, in my opinion. Yeah, and I I agree. Um... Ultimately, I, I think there, there's two, there's probably two main parties uh, in this conversation that really don't think the, the fees are, are fair. Um, I think experienced seasoned sellers um, that were that started in, in the glory days and, and have seen change after change. Um, you know, it's difficult. To, to keep having your, you know, your profit chipped away. And, and, you know, if, mm -hmm. you, if you talk to sellers that, that have been on Amazon for any length of time, uh, you know, it, you'll hear them say things like, oh, it was so easy back in the day and, and, you know, comments like that. And, um, and I get it, you know, it, it's, it's tough to see so much change. Um, and it's, you know, it's frustrating to, to have to adapt over and over again. Um, and then I think the second party that that would complain about the fees are, I think there are a lot of sellers out there that don't understand the numbers so much. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I read a lot of, uh, you know, Facebook posts and, and group posts um, where you, you kind of get the feeling that they don't understand margin. You know, they, they tend to talk ROI, you know, as if that was, you know, after everything's paid, you know, and, mm -hmm. and or, you know, or they don't quite have the connection, you know, that, that, you know, a margin, you know, 
uh, somebody was complaining about, you know, I think 10 to 15%. It was a new seller and they, they said they had just finished their first year or something like that. And, and my margin's only 10 to 15%. <laughs> you know, and it was, uh, there was a bit of a, uh, an awakening in, in the comment section under the post. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think a combination of those two, I, which I understand, you know, both ways, you know, it, it's, um, I've been in the, the, the second group, you know, where I, I thought the number, you know, you get caught up in ROI and stuff like that. And then, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it can be, it could be a slap in the face, you know, when, when you actually see the numbers of, of what you're actually taking home. But, um, and then hopefully I'll be in the first group too of, of, uh, a long time seller who, who's been through a bunch of changes, but right. so I get it, but yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I do. I do get it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I do think some, I do think some more education on margin does need to be, uh, out there for the seller community. And, you know, I'll be honest, I, I asked uh, chat GTP the other day to explain, uh, margin to me, like I'm five. Uh, you know, just because I wanted to see how good it was at kind of breaking something down that can be difficult to understand into something that's a little bit easier to understand. Uh, and I mean, any business school will be like, oh, your margins are 15%. That's incredible. Uh, you know, so I, I would imagine a little more education would be really, really helpful when it comes to margin. Yeah. Uh, cause they, cause there's impatience too, you know, oh, yeah. it, it's, it, you just as a new seller, you know, it's easy to get caught up in trying to get to the numbers of these other people that you're seeing in, in the same groups and stuff like that. So it's um, and you don't like any of the answers, you know, it's like, well, you know, I'm only making, you know, I sold over one hundred thousand dollars and my margin's only 15 percent. So, mm-hmm. you know, I only took home you know, <laughs> and everybody's like, you don't like that. The answer is, uh, OK, sell more. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like that's uh, you know, yeah. I guess they're looking for sometimes you're looking for something easier uh, than that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So uh, the, that that news section was interesting. I'm always I I like it when they do those kind of breakdowns and and kind of and you know take Amazon sellers uh, uh, kind of temperature. I I am not familiar with Captera. Uh, I can't remember what they do exactly. Uh, I would. I would like to have like a really big uh, study done on Amazon sellers, you know, bigger than Jungle Scout can do or you know, bigger than Helium 10 or, or anybody else can do and, uh, and kind of figure out what the pain points are of Amazon sellers and, you know, what's good and what's bad. I think, I think there'd be some really interesting things that come out from a study like that, but I don't know anybody who, who would, you know, undertake that kind of, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, those are the some of the insights that you get networking that will make that's what makes it so important, you know. Mm, absolutely. All right. So, before we get into what you should do about returns and and return your wary, um I wanted to bring up something that I got asked a couple of times. So, about once a week or so, I will ask on Instagram and Twitter, like, are there any questions I can answer? And and I try to get back to every single one. And so this past week, I was asked about how to deal with annoying customers. And uh, I then ended up writing a Twitter thread on it because I think uh, that we need to reframe 
the annoying customer every now and again, or the, the Chad and the Karen that you're going to end up dealing with. And if you sell on Amazon long enough, especially in Q4, you're going to come across one of these, one of these folks who has just grown weary of yelling at the local target manager. Uh, and they decide to take aim at you for ruining Johnny's Christmas for one reason or another. Uh, and so there's a couple things I want you to think about. Number one, don't take it personally. Uh, yes, I know that you have a, a storefront name on Amazon, but essentially they have purchased from kind of a faceless, nameless business. They think they just bought from Amazon, uh, and you know they didn't buy from uh, Sally, who owns you know Sally's um, odds and ends on Amazon. They don't realize that there's a real small business owner on the other end, uh, and so. You know, that, that email that you get in all caps uh, is not necessarily yelling at you, but it's yelling at the situation. Uh, so that kind of reframe can, can kind of lower your defenses a little bit. Two, uh, I would implore you to lead with empathy. Uh, it's not necessarily what's in everybody's nature. Uh, you know, it took me a long time to, to kind of understand how to do it, uh, but it's a stressful time of year. You know, I read a study that uh, binge drinking goes up like three to four times during the holidays <laughs> compared to what it is during the rest of the year. Uh, and so it's stressful for everybody. We have no idea what the person on the other end of that email is dealing with. Um, and you know, frustrate, frustration about a gift being incorrect or ordering the wrong thing uh, could be a big deal to a family under a lot of strain. I always try to figure that, uh, you know, it's, it's like a divorced dad on the other end who is trying to absolutely crush it for Christmas and, you know, he gets the wrong thing and, you know, that's kind of, kind of the way it is. Uh, number three, another way to reframe it is they are paying the bills. Uh, I really try to make sure to treat any customer, um, as well as possible because what they're buying is hopefully providing you with some profit. Those profits feed you, they house you, they clothe you, uh, and they take care of your family as well. Uh, and when I put that into, you know, into perspective, I can often deal with is what is probably misplaced anger. Uh, the fourth thing I would suggest is take a minute, uh, take a minute before responding, sleep on it, take a walk. I don't know if you need to have a drink, go have a drink before, uh, replying to anybody, but don't respond from a place of anger. Uh, it's probably going to feel really good in the moment. Uh, but next week it's not going to feel that great that you told some grandma off in an email. Uh, respond professionally, make sure that you help them help the customer within the terms of service, act like you've been here before, uh, you know, respond professionally. If you can't bring yourself to respond professionally, go over to something like chat GPT, uh, and turn whatever you want to say into a professional response. Now I will say this, if you ask chat GPT, and if you're not familiar with that, go Google it. It's, you know, it's the hot thing right now, but, uh, the AI, if you, if you ask it to write a professional email telling a customer to F off, 
it will tell you that it can't do that, okay? Uh, but if you ask ChatGP to write an email to a customer telling them you won't refund their purchase professionally, the output was actually really good. Uh, yeah, it said something like, thank you for reaching out to us regarding your recent purchase. We apologize for the inconvenience, uh, you know, but we're not going to be able to reimburse you you know, and we know that you're probably disappointed by this, et cetera, and so on. Uh, it was a really good response. Um, you know, so use the tools that are out there available to you. And then finally, use templates. Uh, this is something that I've got uh, for almost every situation that I've come across. I've got a template that I can just click on. I might need to change a word here or there, uh, you know, but if it's an A to Z claim for a merchant fulfilled product, I've got instructions on how they can file an A to Z claim. Uh, if it's an FBA product, I've got instructions on how they can reach out to Amazon for customer service. Uh, but templates allow you to just respond without having to really think about it. And even if you're frustrated because you know they've got some misplaced anger in an email, your template's already set up while you're kind of in a, a cool, calm, collected state of mind. Uh, and you just, you know, you save a bunch of time too. So, uh, yeah, during this time of year, when I know a lot of people are doing a lot more merchant fulfilling, a lot more dealing with customers, uh, just take a beat before responding to every person who decides to, to yell at you. It'll, it'll make your life a heck of a lot easier and hopefully keep Amazon off your back as well. So. Hey guys, wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening to the Clear the Shelf podcast. My magnanimous co-host Chris Rasick has put together a gift for you for being a listener. It's called the Monthly Goal Tracking Spreadsheet and it's free. The spreadsheet will help you break down and track how much you've purchased, which should be a leading indicator of how much you will sell. And then you'll be able to track how much you've sold as well as your estimated monthly profit on a daily basis. This will all feed into the daily averages so you can ensure sure that you're on track to meet your goals each and every month. Grab it for free today over at cleartheshelf.com forward slash goal dash tracking. Thanks again for being a listener. Now back to the show. How many, how many emails have you gotten this year that you've ruined Christmas? Well, I, I haven't ruined Christmas yet. Good. Um, I, I made a cat puke. I know that. Okay. Um, yeah. And, uh, if I'm not mistaken, cats just do that like like they get hairballs and stuff and puke on a regular basis anyway. Yeah. So yeah. How do you know it was my cat food? But uh, yeah. uh tons of people have issues with refunds and, and whatnot. Um <laughs> you know, it, like if you if you want some perspective, you know, if, if you're taking a beat uh before responding to a customer, just go through your own feedback. And look at how much our actual product reviews, you know, you'll realize these customers have no idea where they are or who they're talking to. <laughs> it's like, or read through, read through some of the reviews on, on ASINs that you're, uh, that you're either selling or, or sourcing. And, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, some they're people just, are just screaming into an abyss. Yes. You know, just exactly. because they need to scream. Yep. I'm just going to write this anywhere the first place i can click on that has an open text box i'm going i'm going to tell somebody that fluffy does not like the salmon so <laughs> i'll tell you and you know what 
people will go to the mats for for their animals. Like oh yeah, I've, I've read through like they they'll they'll fight. Uh, they'll let you know what is horrible and why it's horrible. And I'm like, like did did your dog tell you that they didn't care for this? Or, or like, <laughs> I mean, they sniff other dogs like rear end. So, I mean, they probably <laughs> like most of the food. So Yeah, exactly. I've seen uh, animal chiropractors uh, recently on, on social media feeds. Yeah. Um, which that's like, you know, it, some of it's kind of like it's kind of entertaining that's probably why i keep getting more videos mm -hmm. because i i do want to see the dog's face when when the the crack happens you know like right. that's that's pretty entertaining so i i think i've answered my own question on why i get those i'd like to know and they, they'll never show this of course because it's not it's not good entertainment but i'd like to know how many of those dogs uh get their neck cracked and then turn around and bite the animal chiropractor <laughs> you know right so I, there was this one guy was doing snakes like I you could not pay me. I like I would I don't even want to be in the same room as a snake, even if it's in like an aquarium. Nope. I am certainly not massaging it or, or you know, cracking any any uh, bones or, or. Yeah, no, nope. I was out back and a snake slithered over my foot and I thought we were gonna have to burn the house down like it, I, it was. That was the first thought I had is like, oh, well, it was nice while it lasted, but this house and all of its contents must burn to the ground and we have to leave. Yep. Uh, yeah. I'm yep. not, I'm not okay with that. Uh, all right. Let's, let's talk a little bit about some good ways to return or to deal with returns after Q4. Um, I think there's, I think there's a lot of them and there's been some that I find interesting from other people. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start off here. The, the first one is a quote unquote warehouse sale. Uh, I've had some friends back in Ohio, uh, and I, I know some other people that do this, uh, but they'll have, you know, a, a warehouse sale after Christmas. Uh, a lot of people still want to buy stuff. Uh, maybe they couldn't get a hold of it. Maybe it was more expensive than they, they wanted. But if you take all of your returns, you know, and all of your inventory that you've had to recall or anything like that, uh, and essentially have a garage sale, you'd be surprised how much money that you can make. Um, I, I absolutely cannot stand, uh, putting garage sales on. I think it's, uh, I really, I just don't like it. Uh, but the last one that we did, I think we made like twelve hundred dollars. Uh, it you know in, in a in an afternoon. It wasn't all day. It was an afternoon, and we sold a bunch. We sold some inventory. We sold some used things. We sold some clothes out of the house. Clothes you know used clothes. They're not worth anything at a garage sale. But all of the inventory and stuff we were able to sell for a fairly decent price. Uh, and I've known some people who absolutely have sold like five thousand, six thousand dollars at these kinds of sales. It's been big, big numbers. Uh, but you can have a warehouse sale, and it doesn't always necessarily need to be like at your warehouse or your garage. There are um, there are like pop ups that sell like kids' clothes and stuff like that. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Uh, but there's like a national company that goes around to different towns and sets up 
like this pop-up shop at fairgrounds and stuff, and you can sell your stuff there. It used to just be clothes, but now they do toys and, and all kinds of stuff. And people spend a ton of money there. They feel like they're getting a deal. And I've known people make thousands of dollars doing that. Um, so think outside the box. Heck, you could even, uh, could even work it out with a, a local auctioneer, you know, and, and have people go to an auction house and, and actually auction or do an auction style sale for your things. Uh, you'd be surprised how much people will pay at an auction for stuff. It's not, it's not just one and $2 stuff that gets sold there. Yeah. And, and similar, the places that we talked about, um, earlier, you know, about where your people are expanding to, um, you could even find avenues there, you know, like I know in Facebook marketplace and, uh, uh, you know, or if you join groups, you know, like I, I'm in a couple different garage sale, Facebook groups mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it's gaining in popularity. Um, however, like not only, you know, I, I joined it to find garage sales, you know, and kind of keep tabs on stuff, uh, to flip on eBay and, and whatnot. But there are plenty of people <clears throat> I know coupon extreme couponers, you know, that they'll have, you'll see people that have garage with garages open with shelves of every kind of detergent and soap and, and all the stuff, you know, that they're, they're getting from, you know, their, their extreme coupon ventures, you know, and they're just selling it for, you know, a couple bucks a unit or whatever. Um, you know, I, I know I have a guy that has, does a whole bunch of hardware. You know, I think he might be, um, you know, Brixie specialist or, or something similar to that, but um, he's always selling discounted tools and whatnot. Um, you know, so this may be an avenue to, uh, you know, make a connection, you know, maybe do some networking or something, you know, you may be able to arrange something where, um, you know, you kind of do something on consignment, you know. Um, I had uh, I had a friend of mine who opened a, a store. Uh, it was essentially an Amazon return store. Um, and I actually unloaded some of my, uh, death pile, um, at his store, you know, we just kind of arranged range of price and uh, of what worked and, uh, you know, I got to move it out. I got a little bit of capital back and, uh, there, there was less clutter in my house, which is, uh, another big reason that, <laughs> that these are, these are so worthwhile, you know, is, is think about all the space or, or, you know, the reduction of the death pile. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a good feeling. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think the other thing we should talk about is not everything tanks. Uh, so you're going to get some returns. Uh, we, we know that 100%. Uh, but a lot of those returns are actually going to be resellable. You know, you're, you're going to be able to send them right back into Amazon. If it's FBA, Amazon might just throw it right back into your inventory. And not everything tanks. Some things will actually go higher in price during January because maybe they're really in demand. Um, but then you're going to see some things, let's say candy canes, for example, there's going to be a lot of people who are like, you know what? I need to be out of my candy cane stash. And so you're going to see the price tank. However, if you're willing to hold just a little bit longer, uh, those prices tend to come back up a little bit as the seller count goes down. Uh, and so make sure that you're looking at Keepa before you decide what to do with your return. 
Maybe another marketplace is the way to go, but maybe throwing it right back on Amazon is actually the thing to do, if at all possible. Uh, you know, making sure, of course, that it's not been used or, or anything like that. Um, have you noticed that, or, or you know, or I guess, how often do you see something like that? I I always love the 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 after after event discounts. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I love that kind of thing. Like Halloween candy after Halloween, you know, the first discount is is fifty percent. You know, wait wait a couple of days, maybe a week, it'll be seventy five percent off. Or, or you know, I I remember the one year, I think it was uh, it was right after Easter. Um, I caught they just put them on a pallet, and it was like it looked like a Gaylord. Uh, you know that you see the books come in, but mm-hmm. it was Brock's jelly beans and Walmart had marked them down to a quarter a bag. Oh yeah, and I got a very quick lesson on how heavy jelly beans actually are uh, in, right. in large quantities. Uh, but I, you know, and uh, so I threw them on small and light. It, this stuff still sells. You know, the, the one t- the one year you, you mentioned candy canes. One year I went heavy on those. Um, it's amazing. I don't. I don't know who these people are, but I was selling candy canes in February and March. Mm-hmm. You know, and and maybe it's you know some sort of flavor or, or yeah, maybe it's the maybe it's the marketplace like you you, know, you talked about earlier. Is is you know Amazon before I got into the business and and you know became jaded uh, like I am now. You know, Amazon was the place to go because they had everything. Yes. You know, so so you have somebody who you know, has some sort of, uh, you know, conversation and, you know, they've, they've dried out from the increase in binge drinking that they did in December, uh, you know, and they're finally hitting the sauce again in March and they go, Oh, you remember those fruit loop candy canes? You know, and, and you have some sort of conversation and, you know, next thing you know, you're in the search bar on the Amazon shopping app and lo and behold, there they are. You know, and, and some of those people are going to purchase them. Like it, it, it happens, you know, like stuff still sells. Oh um, yeah. You know, we will, we'll get to it later, but I, I don't understand these sellers that like basically sound like they're closing up shop, uh, you know, in, in second or third week of December, like, mm-hmm. you know, like stuff, st- Amazon doesn't just shut down, you know, then it just turn the lights off. They're like, Hey, you know, we're, we're taking Christmas break. We'll, we'll see you a couple days into January. That doesn't right. happen. Yeah, no, not, not at all. Um, let's talk about some other marketplaces you can use. We, we have already bashed Facebook marketplace a little bit earlier. Uh, but that is a place that you can sell some of your returns, whether they're brand new or maybe they're, uh, you know, a little beat up, a little banged up, uh, you should be able to sell them locally. Uh, one of the nice things about Facebook marketplace, if there are many, but one of the things I like it's cash, you know, a lot of times you can. Like, hey, listen, I only do cash, you know, uh, and nothing wrong with sliding a little cash in the pocket. Uh, you should report any cash earnings to the government, uh, you know, just in case anybody at the uh, the Internal Revenue Service is listening. Uh, that is what you should do. <laughs> what you actually do is completely up to you, okay? <laughs> uh, there's eBay, uh, OfferUp, Craigslist, LetGo. Uh, maybe it would be a, a good item for, oh, there's a couple of, is it whatnot or, um, oh, 
it's the new it's like live yeah it's it isn't that it whatnot yeah maybe it is whatnot so yeah. well, there's all kinds of different marketplaces that you can throw things up on heck you could even start a shopify site and uh and you know sell lightly used items on on your own shopify site if you wanted to Heck, for some lightly used items, you might be able to buy, sell them for even more. Um, how often How often are you selling off Amazon? I know that you've had some pretty cool flips from like local auctions that we've talked about in the past. Yeah. Uh, but how often are you selling things on other platforms besides Amazon right now? I always have uh, several things listed on eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it, especially Amazon stuff that's coming back. Um, I actually, I'll use the listing, you know, so you, you get to your own listing on Amazon and all the, all the details and product description and all that stuff, just copy and paste it, you know? Oh yeah. Just, just go to eBay, find somebody else. You know, I mean, you do your research and, and see what it's going for on eBay. You got the sell similar option on eBay. You can click one of those, but then you can add your own, product description you know to make it look professional and and a whole bunch of characters which ebay says they like and um it's actually it's really easy um yeah it's it's good to make a a regular habit um that was (laughs) that was actually the one of the goals frequent goals in the mastermind when we first started you Mm -hmm. know was, was to to make a consistent habit of listing you know like if we were meeting when we were meeting weekly you know, be like, okay, by next Monday, I want to have 10 new eBay listings up and live, you know, and, and the purpose of that was to build that habit, you know, just to keep stuff moving. You know, it, it's, we've talked about it with repricing and, and strategies of, of, of where you go 0% ROI and, and you move into a liquidation strategy. It's, it's the same thing off of Amazon. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're just, the concept is the same, you know, once, once that profit has burst and, and that's not in play anymore, the, the main goal becomes get your capital back, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. So, you know, I mean, if, if you could start, and, and you're right, you mentioned it, a lot of the stuff is even better in other places. You know, you may have to ship it yourself like eBay, um, but, uh, you know, if, you, if you're merchant fulfilling this time of year right now, or, or you know, you're packing up boxes as you listen to this episode, um, you know, <laughs> eBay shipping should not be daunting uh, to, to anybody. Exactly. I actually, I, re- I do like selling on eBay. Uh, I know not every, everyone cares for it, but I, you know, I sold, I don't know, I had some extra things laying around and I was just, I was like, you know what? I got to get rid of this stuff. Uh, I ended up making like a thousand bucks, you know, it, it was nice. Uh, but I, I, I kind of like it, you know, I got to take a few photos, you know, go write some descriptions. It was nice. Uh, but then I see people who've got like, there's a guy I follow on Twitter. He has 5,000 eBay listings. Uh, and I'm like that, yep. that is daunting, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I'm in a couple of groups and, and they'll, they'll post screenshots from the mobile app and it'll, it'll give you, you know, revenue over the last 90 days and then your active listings. And <laughs> there are some numbers that will make you choke. I mean, Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, there there are people doing some serious business on eBay. Yeah, um, and it's a it's a quote unquote small marketplace, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, isn't crazy. it isn't it so funny? Like you, uh, you can go on on eBay, 
I like when you get to the point where you, you, you know, you have to take 0% ROI on Amazon or even negative just to liquidate and get the stuff. Like I will bitch and moan about that. Like I I'll make memes. Like I, I would just, I will vent for days and weeks on end, you know, about how miserable that process is. Mm -hmm. But if I, if I get it back, you know, and I actually send it back home and I list it on eBay and, <laughs> and I make a chunk of money, it's the best feeling ever. Like I'm such a hypocrite where, because I know like, <laughs> like I'm take I'm like, if it was on Amazon, what I got from eBay is probably like negative 30% ROI, but, right. but I'm happy. But if I have to put something at negative 5% on Amazon, I'm pissed. <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. Next up, you can donate the items. If you get something back and you know that it's not in a condition to sell, uh, don't feel bad about donating it. Now, I will say this, and I only say this because I've had people ask. You cannot double dip. You can't, you know, you when you bought the item, you took it off as an expense as cost of goods sold. All right. When you donate the item and you get that receipt from Goodwill or whoever you might donate to, the Salvation Army, wherever it is, you cannot then go in and say, oh, uh, you know what? The uh, the IRS rule is like a $5 deduction for every t-shirt that you donate. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, that's the actual IRS rule. Uh, it's like $5 deduction for a t-shirt. I think it's like 7 or $8 for a, an Oxford etc. and so on. They've got a whole list of stuff. Um, you cannot you cannot double dip on your taxes. So don't don't try it. Someone will look at it eventually and maybe get away with it for a couple of years, but eventually they're gonna be like, oh this, you know, this person has a ton of uh donation expenses every single year. Maybe we ought to look at that a little bit closer. All right. Um the other thing is could give stuff to the family or friends. Uh, something we used to do is for, uh, makeup items or beauty products that we would get returned to us where maybe the box was damaged. Uh, but you could tell that everything inside was just fine. Maybe a, maybe a makeup palette came back with uh, a broken, uh, powder, uh, thing inside of it, or, you know, maybe a box came back and it was all bent out of shape, but you could tell that the eyeliner had never been used. Well, we would do a couple of things. One, my wife gets first pick of that stuff. If it's a brand she likes or a color she likes, uh, she's like, okay, that one's mine. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, the other thing is, is that we would put it in the, in the guest room so that people could use it while they're here visiting. Uh, and then my wife would just give it to girlfriends and, you know, stuff like that who, uh, you know, we typically sell a little bit higher end makeup. It's not sell some drugstore makeup, but typically I try to stick to some higher end brands. And so, you know, my wife can hand that stuff out like crazy and women are happy to get it. So, yeah, well, I, I mean, Chris, I can tell I've always admired your pores. So, it's well, clear, thank you. It's clear you use high end, high end stuff. I, I absolutely, absolutely. I, the, I, I don't even know the name of all the stuff we sell, but I, I will go into the, I will go into the, the makeup store with my wife and I'm listening to all the things they're saying. And, uh, I'm like, it sounds like you're getting ready to prep drywall, but I can't say that out loud 
at the store. No, uh, no, don't say that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, or if uh, you know, if you have a significant other, I know my my wife. Um, to, I do a fair amount of of grocery, and uh, the break room at the hospital that she works at, you know, always has something interesting to to snack on or candy or something like that. So you know, that, that's an option too. And and when I was doing it part time and I had a full time job, I'd you know, I I definitely take stuff in to work and, and just give it away too. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, there's always always somebody who's more than happy to get something. Yeah. Uh, now, I I can't remember if this was last week when we talked about this or the week before, but I'm going to bring this up again. Uh, if you get something returned to you uh, and you're within the time frame that you could return it to where you bought it from, please don't do that. Uh, again, I wrote a whole Twitter thread about this. I put it in my weekly email. I, I've, I've got a, I think everybody knows where I stand on this. Okay. Uh, please don't return returns to the store. Don't return your bad buys or anything like that. Uh, it might feel good for the bottom line. Okay. But long-term it will not be a good thing for a your business and b resellers in general. Um, it's just, yeah, I just please don't do that. Okay, uh, and I get that it might suck and you might not like it, and you especially might not like it uh, that we're bringing it up, but it's just not the right move. Yeah, there, there's you have to accept the fact that there's there's going to be hits that, that you have to take. You know, it's just part of running, running this kind of business. Um, it's not even just this scenario, you know, I mean, it's, it's people, you know, I know people are, are, some people are unhappy about, uh, you know, reports you get from the prep center, you know, that, that, you know, that, that could be tough to take, but it's kind of, it's, it's just part of it. There's going to be breakage. There's going to be, you know, missed quantities and stuff, which there's different, different ways to, to, uh, you know, handle each, each of these scenarios. But the bigger point is you're, you know, you're never going to have 100% of what you buy be sellable, mm -hmm. you know? So that that's, uh, you know, you're going to have to find alternate ways of, of moving this stuff. Yeah. And, and that kind of brings us right into the, into the next point, uh, shrinkage, which this would be part of shrinkage. If you're, you know, you are a retailer now. We're all retailers, uh, and there's several types of shrinkage. There's going to be theft. Fortunately, as Amazon sellers, we probably don't have to deal with a ton of theft, uh, you know, from our own warehouses, our own homes. If you're working out of home, there's going to be a little bit. If you've got a kid, your kid has stolen something from your inventory. All right, but yeah. it is. It's not. Walmart size. Walmart uh, has over a billion dollars that goes out the back door every single year. Uh, you know, and so your, your numbers are nowhere close. Uh, but shrinkage is part of a retailer. So, uh, and I say this in the nicest way possible, suck it up, buttercup. It's, uh, you know, it is just comes with the territory. Uh, it's not fun. It sucks, but it is part of this business. Uh, and, so here's, here's the thing I like to think about. I kind of like to reframe this a little bit. Um, I looked up the return percentages, uh, nationally and it, they say 
and this is not my words, this is some company like Adobe or something like that, but they say somewhere between like 25 and 30% of items that are purchased for the holidays get returned. Uh, I think that my overall return rate over the course of a year is under 5%, even with the holidays factored in. So when you think about how much returns are happening, and yes, you know, you, me, probably most of the people listening were, were nowhere near the size of even, you know, one target store in annual sales. Uh, our return rate is really fairly low. Shoes and clothing, that's another story. But if you're outside of the shoes and clothing category, your return rate is probably fairly low overall. Uh, so if you kind of reframe it that way, I think it makes this, uh, this hard pill a little easier to swallow. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> it doesn't, the reaction doesn't always match, you know, the, the actual numbers, you know, it, it, stuff hurts and, and, uh, but pain is just temporary in this case. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then, uh, you know, it, one other thing is we were talking about this episode, um, you know, in return you and, and, you know, basically, um, our operations moving into January as a whole, um, and I mentioned it earlier and, and <laughs> I don't understand these people that um, sound like they're, they're, they're closing up shop, you know, and, and, you know, you'll see people on social media and, and, you know, like, Hey, I saw somebody, it was, I want to say it was like 10 days into December. They said they were sending their last FBA shipment for the year in. Hmm. And it's, and I know they're doing, they're doing a lot of merchant fulfilled, you know, I get that part of it, but, uh, you know, I think one one key piece of advice for, for some of us um, is is don't forget to source. You know, don't uh, don't get caught. You know, with, with not a lot of inventory come January because mm -hmm. stuff stuff does sell. Um, and and this has even happened in in my own mastermind. You know, I think I, I think we get caught up in the seasonality of it all. And and yes. I, I, I you know I think that it it kind of we lose perspective because we get so focused on the things and, and the quantity of items that we want to get ready for Q4 um, that, that we forget that there's, there's other stuff, there's other categories and, and stuff still sells in January. You know, my, my best two categories, maybe three categories um, really don't have much seasonality to them. You know, I, I sell a lot in health and household. Um, I sell a lot in beauty and personal care. Mm-hmm. Those, I, those still, I, stuff's still going to move in January. People still buy makeup. They still buy, you know, medicine cabinet items. Um, you know, they still buy vitamins or, or you know, supplements and, and all this stuff. I mean, there's... Heck, going into a new year, vitamins and supplements should actually increase. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. With the, all the, the resolutions being being thrown out there. Um, yeah. So, so don't, I, I mean, I know everybody... You know, if you're if you're listening to this, you're, you're still tired. You know, if, if you did well in Q4, I, I get it. Um, you know, but but make sure you you still have your processes in place. You know, mm -hmm. I, I've we've talked about it before, and and you know, I know I've said it. Uh, I don't do a whole lot special for for special occasions. You know, like Black Friday and stuff. And and um, you know, my attitude is is I need to 
I need to be better at my regular process. You know, just, I, you know, I want to, I want to purchase this. I have my goals and, and I need to purchase this to hit these numbers. And, and that's, that's the big picture. And that's where I stay. You know, I, I don't get caught up in, um, you know, anything real big, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think it's ultimately it's better for me in the long run if I get my regular process as efficient and, and you know, um, as well oiled as, as possible. So yeah, don't, don't forget to source. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think of all the points brought up, uh, I think this one is the best, you know, and what you said about us getting stuck into the seasonality, you're absolutely right. And I know that I, I told you this while we were talking about the episode beforehand, but uh, you know, we're, we're such, we're so into a Q4 mentality right now at, you know, I walked into a Walgreens earlier today and I saw that there is, uh, there's new year's Eve stuff sitting out. It's like a slap in the face. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot there's new year's, you know, uh, you know, had I really been thinking forward, I would have been like, okay, well at the beginning of December, I need to have anything I want to sell for new year's at Amazon. You know, and, and there is stuff to sell. There's, you know, you can make bundles of Dollar Tree stuff. You can, uh, you brought up, um, uh, oh, what is that uh, cabbage? Uh... Oh, sauerkraut? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's sauerkraut you can sell. There's you know, there's all kinds of things uh, that you mm-hmm. can sell that, you know, are going to, it's going to go up in, in not only cost, but also in, sales velocity because there's always something going on uh yep. so yeah that's uh i think that is probably the the most important point of the uh of this episode is just keep sourcing uh yeah it's there's always important. something there's always something that that is is going to be popular you know if you really think about it and or you know if you really studied trends you know you mentioned it right away supplements you know i mean how many people are, are going to be setting new year's resolutions that, uh, you know, they want to lose weight, you know, or they, yep. um, you know, so if they want to lose weight, there's, there's all sorts of products sold on Amazon that, that relate to that. Um, you know, people want to go to the gym, you know, uh, you know, do you sell, you sell Nike, you know, maybe look at, you know, look at some deals on, on gym bags and, and, you know, cause that stuff is, that stuff is going to start being a little bit more popular. Yeah. Um, and then we move right into valentine's day and and you know so so now you're selling chocolate and, you know and then we're getting close to the end of the multiple season and and you know throw throw easter in there you know there's there's always something you know always. so it, which which is kind of makes the the bigger point that you know your process as a whole you know just you know keep pumping i you know i i, I was talking to somebody and and um we were we were talking about the seasonality of it and um you know, I made the point, like, I, I think a lot, a lot of sellers look at bigger sellers and, and we mm-hmm. kind of, you know, that's where we want to be. And, 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 you know, we use it as inspiration and, and, you know, if you feel yourself kind of slacking after, uh, uh, the bulk of Q4 is over, just remember that, that, you know, if there's, if there's a seller that, that is selling the numbers that you eventually want to get to they're going to do that in January too. You know, like, so if you're, if you're selling $25,000 a month and, and you can't wait till you get to 50,000 a month or a hundred thousand a month, or, you know, if you're scrolling through social media and, and, 
you know, they're, they're showing that you see in these screenshots of 12 month views on from seller central and whatnot. Take a look at what the, what the bar looks like in January, see what they did. You know, you, you don't, the new sellers are the ones that, that have these real steep inclines, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that are, are killing it, you know, on a yearly basis, there isn't that much disparity month to month. You know, it, it's, they're just, they're, they've got their process down and, and they're, they just keep going. And that, that's probably what the lesson that you should take from, you know, the, these screenshots that you're, you're idolizing and, and setting goals with. Exactly. So for everybody who's listened this far into the podcast, before we wrap it up, uh, I'll give you a little tip. Chris talked about people wanting to lose weight, wanting to go to the gym, things like gym bags. Uh, East Bay is going out of business. So, uh, there is a, uh, there's an easy opportunity right there because eastbay.com is liquidating, uh, and there's going to be a lot of sports items, clothing, shoes, that kind of stuff, uh, that you're going to be able to, as of right now, it's all 50% off, no minimums. Uh, so should be an easy way to make a few bucks, uh, you know, while they're still in business, they're going to be in business till about the end of January. Uh, just a little bit longer than it takes people to quit their new year's resolutions. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think this was a good episode. Return your wary is, is definitely not a time when people are, uh, Amazon sellers are not necessarily happy about it, uh, you know, but it comes around every single year, like a hangover, uh, you know, when you're in your thirties and you go out uh, for a drink or two, you know what it's like. So, uh, you know, but there are ways around it, ways to make it not feel so bad. Uh, and, uh, and the biggest one I think is that keep sourcing. I know a lot of people like to take a, you know, a couple of days or maybe even a week or two off at the beginning of the year. I'm not necessarily a fan of that, you know, maybe taking some time to, think and plan for the new year is, is a great idea. Uh, but I'm much more a proponent of just keep on trucking, uh, you know, treat it, treat it like your treat it like any other day to be quite honest. So yeah. Treat it like a business, you know, yeah. <laughs> shut yeah. down for the holiday and you know, they open up the next day. Exactly. So, uh, I believe this is going to be our final episode of 2022. So, uh, <laughs> I want to take a moment and I want to thank you guys for, uh, for listening. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, I've had a heck of a time making this podcast it's been fun. Uh, I, you know, I enjoy hanging out with you, Chris and, uh, and chopping it up for a little while every week. And, uh, you know, both before and after we get to get to laugh and, and, and things like that for a little bit. So it's been a, been a ton of fun. I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I hope that we've brought some value to you guys and, and helped your business in, in some small way, uh, or at least maybe made you chuckle, uh, here or there. This can be a little bit of a lonely business. So, uh, I've always found that, you know, whether I'm doing OA or out doing retail arbitrage or, you know, heck, even, even just walking on the treadmill or walking around the neighborhood, uh, it's nice to have, uh, uh, a voice in my ear that I can, I can be like, Oh yeah, I can relate to that. You know? Uh, so if nothing else, hopefully we've done that for you. Uh, and I'll tell you, I'd, I'd love to ask you for something. If 
if there are topics or tactics or guests that we can cover or have on uh, that will help you, please don't hesitate to reach out to either of us. Uh, my email is always open. Uh, I'm sure that you know Chris would not uh, turn away a DM or, uh, or a message uh, to let us know what we can do for you guys uh, to make this bigger and better in 2023 than it was in 2022. So uh, thank you. And Chris, thanks for, thanks for pushing this. This, was, this has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed doing this with you, man. Yeah, it's it's time well spent when I consider how much fun and how much I enjoy it. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to I'm excited we made it to the end of the calendar year. I'm glad this is uh, is this is this a, this is officially a thing, right? It's not yeah, uh, not just uh, something my wife's gonna gonna you know go yeah your your little podcast yeah maybe maybe the spouses are they not gonna refer to it as your your little podcast anymore, right? <laughs> exactly. Maybe, that's one of these days. Goal. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, um, you know, you mentioned it, that, you know, the idea is this idea was sparked from the fact that as a seller, that there weren't people talking about the actual stuff I do. You know, it's, you know, we, we talked about it very early on that, that, you know, you can find plenty of stuff about private label or, or, you know, some success story, you know, attached to a $6,000 coaching course or, or, you know, or whatever, but it's, you know, it, it, podcast options for, you know, people that were in the trenches, you know, like, like we are, we're, we're few and far between. So um, I hope we've stuck to that theme uh, this whole time. And uh, we'll certainly try to continue because I, you know, that's always in the back of my mind when we talk about topics and, and, you know, we get these, these episodes together. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, Thank you guys so much. We will be back in 2023 uh, with more podcast episodes and, and more strategies, tactics, uh, and guests uh, to help you in your Amazon business. So uh, hopefully uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Diwali, whatever you might celebrate. I hope <laughs> it's been great. Uh, happy New Year. Uh, and we should probably end on a uh, end with a, a quote. Uh, so this is, uh, this is one of my favorite John Wooden quotes. Um, failure isn't fatal, but failure to change might be. Uh, and the reason that's one of my favorites is uh, I'm a big fan of failing forward. I, I, def I don't mind sometimes looking stupid or doing the wrong thing as long as it's putting me in the right direction. Uh, and in a business like this, any business really, change is inevitable we've seen that you know this year with amazon we know that it's going to happen more in the future uh, and we've got to be willing to be malleable and change with uh you know with the things that are going on we're gonna i think we're gonna see some really cool things uh over the next couple of years out of you know e-commerce and live shopping and however we might be able to implement artificial intelligence into our businesses uh and then we're also going to see some things that we don't necessarily like like more fee increases and uh, and things like maybe uh, harsher customers, things like that. Uh, but as long as we're willing to to change uh, and willing to take the chance to fail uh, and learn from it, uh, we can always uh, get ahead. So uh, that's it for us. All right, guys, take it easy, and we'll see you guys in the next show.
Thanks for listening to Clear the Shelf with Chris and Chris. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot on your phone and share to Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite FBA group. And be sure to tag me and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear more from us in the future. Also, I'd like to give you some free gifts for listening. Head over to rabbittrailchallenge.com and repricerchallenge.com for some free courses to further your business. Thanks for listening.